The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. are back and it is part of blitz month where we are giving you a show every single weekday leading up to the big game down in arlington and blitz month is sponsored by spotify green room not only is spotify green room the spot where we're going live every single wednesday to talk k-state sports but it is a sponsor of blitz month spotify green room is the only all free, all inclusive live sports and general talk platform for anybody out there. So join up Spotify Green Room. Talk to people like me and Grant. Talk to other shows. Talk to completely random people. It is a lot of fun over here on Spotify Green Room. Got a great show tonight. I'm sure we got realignment news. Uh, football practice starts in. Four days. I got my media guide in the mail today, so it is right around the corner. Uh, so we can talk about that. I'm going to ask everyone in honor of the uh, dream college football road trip episode. I'm going to ask people if they were doing their dream road trip, a couple games they would want to see. We are going to have a lot of fun tonight. Not going to be completely dominated by conference realignment like the last few but there is some news we're gonna have some fun with that it's gonna be a great night it's always a great night on spotify green room okay first up uh grant my amazing co-host uh hop in here how's your week been um just give me anything general before we start getting into the topics Uh, okay, Grant is gone. Grant is dead. Uh, we're going to go to, uh, we'll just go to Bennett. Bennett, how's your week been? My week has been pretty good. Um, I'm excited to uh, be a month away from. Yes, it, it is good times. We got college or we got preseason football, uh, you know, starting tomorrow. I mean, football is here. Uh, okay. Grant is not going to rejoin. I'm going to try to call up everyone to the – I'm going to try to get everyone up here, everyone who is currently in the room. I'm going to invite them up to speak, and then we're going to get things going. We're just going to get things going. We're going to go to uh, Nick to get things going. This is what I'm going to ask everyone to start things off. In honor of the Dream College Football Road Trip, I want you to tell me – what is the number one K-State game you want to see this year? And then what is 
the number one non-K-State game you'd like to see this year? So number one would probably be the Iowa State-K-State game just because obviously the magnitude of Iowa State claiming they're good this year. Um, so that's at home, so that will be a good game. And then the magnitude of the non-K-State game, um, I'm always a Army-Navy guy just because I'm in the Army and go Army. But um, I'm pretty excited for the uh, – I'm going to have to go with USC-Notre Dame. Just because yeah. USC is starting to be relevant again, and it's always good to see that rivalry, you know, just be relevant again. So, perfect. We'll go up to my guy Ace. Ace, if you're building out your dream college football road trip, what's the K State game you're going to, and what's the one other game non K State related you'd be most excited to see? Uh, the K-State game that I would go to is definitely K-State Oklahoma just because I think that there's going to be a, a lot of very angry K-State fans and I will certainly be one of them. And if I were to pick a non-K-State game to go to, and this is actually something that I, I messed up and forgot in my in my road trip tweet, I would want to really go to the Cincinnati-Notre Dame game exclusively because I think Cincinnati is going to win that game and it gives me an excuse to laugh at Notre Dame. Love it. We'll go to Joel, my guy Joel. What K-State game would you put on your road trip? And what non-K-State game would you make sure to go to? Yeah, I think I'd definitely put uh, the K-State OU game. It's just going to be way too fun. It's going to be way too rowdy. Um, I think the non-K-State game, which might kind of be a, a shock, is going to be the, the UNC-Notre Dame game. Really loving North Carolina this year. I love it. I love it. Cole, what games are you going to? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and continue the trend. Uh, I'm going to try to make it back for the K-State OU game. Uh, I will also be an angry fan in the stands if I can make it there. <laughs> and then a non-K-State game that kind of stands out to me is Bama at Miami. Uh, I've just always wanted to go. Ever since watching the Miami 30-for-30s, I've always wanted to see a game there. And I think that would be a fun one to watch. I think Miami could be – Awesome, KSU Railroader. What what game? What K State game would you go to, and what non K State game would you most be on your list? The K State game, I think I would want to go to Farmageddon. It's just always a fun game, and I think we're going to beat Iowa State this year. And the non K State game, I, I'd want to go to Bedlam. There is going to be so much hate in Stillwater for that game. It's going to. Yeah, I think that's going to be a wild one. We'll go to Mike and then uh, Bennett. Mike, what K-State game would be on your dream road trip and what non-K-State game would be number one spot? Uh, I think I'm going to have to uh, join with most folks on here and say uh, the OU game. Definitely like to be there for that one. Uh, You know, with it, just keep that streak alive. Um, Non-K-State, I'm thinking – I'd like to go see KU get beat by Coastal Carolina because I've never been to South Carolina and uh, always take every chance I can get to rip on KU. And they have a teal uh, field, I believe, so I think that would be pretty cool. Um, All right, who do we got next? Sorry, was chatting in there. We'll go uh, Bennett, then Devin, then Joey. Currently the stage is full. We will rotate around throughout the night to get everyone up. Uh, just to the folks who are listening in right now. So we'll go, uh, Bennett, what what games would you go with? Yeah, I'm going K-State OU. Um, I'm pretty mad, so and I'm sure everyone else will be. And then 
non-KU game, I'll go Clemson, Georgia. I think both are title contenders, so I think that. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. We'll go to Devin next. Devin, if you're building out your dream college football road trip, what K-State game would you go to, and what non-K-State game would be number one on your list? All right, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I don't live in Kansas anymore. So I'm going to go at home, uh, K-State versus Texas, kind of for the same reasons as Oklahoma, because that's a bit of a drive for me. And then uh, probably a, just a game at Michigan, any game at Michigan. I've always wanted to go to the big house. So, Hey, that's a good shout, good shout. And then we'll go to my man, Joey. Joey, your dream college football road trip. What game are you putting on your schedule for K-State, and what is your number one spot non-K-State? So the two games that I'm actually going to this year are uh, K-State at Texas for Black Friday. So I've got some skin in the game there with my entire in-law side of my family being uh, Longhorn fans. So I'm going to be in the middle of a rowdy crowd for that one. Hashtag uh, win it for Joey. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and then the the second one is I'm going to see uh, CU and Texas A&M at Mile High. So that should oh, be an interesting be one. one. Yeah, an old uh, Big 12 matchup uh, at Mile High, so that should be a good one. Yeah, I think that will be a good one. Um, I, man, I tell you what, when I went through the process, I know everyone hates on the neutral site games, but there is a lot of fun ones and cool venues uh, this year, including K-State Sanford, which, again, only about a month away, and we are in Blitz Month. We are giving you a show every single weekday leading up to that game. Grant, I think you're finally back in here. Grant, what would be your K-State game and what would be your non-K-State game? Mine would be Farmageddon. I mean, I think people are forgetting that Blitz is 45-0 last year. Guys, it's, it's Iowa State. Come on, we got to hate on the Cyclones again. I know everyone's mad at Oklahoma, but I got I to gotta direct my hatred at Iowa State. And then I would probably go to Clemson, Georgia, because I have a ton of family that are Clemson people and our boy, Andrew, the Bulldog. So I'd have a lot of yeah, I think that would be a fun one. I think both of those, my game was K-State, Iowa State in the full episode. And I believe I went to Clemson, Georgia as well. Because if you look at Clemson's schedule, again, uh, we're, we're about to hop into some conference realignment stuff. How fucking shitty is the ACC? They don't have a single notable conference game. And again, it's it's ultimately just kind of, annoying that uh, geography more than almost anything is playing into the destruction of the big 12. And I'm annoyed, Um, but let's get into that. I'm not, gosh, my dog was trying to chew on my headphones. This is going to be an interesting show folks. Okay. So let's jump into the realignment news um, of the week. And then we might get into some tertiary realignment topics. So the big news, and it came out yesterday uh, Tuesday the 3rd, I think it was. Yep, Tuesday the 3rd. Bob Bowlesby had a seven-hour-long conversation with the commissioner of the Pac-12 trying to find a solution uh, to the future of college athletics that is a good thing for both conferences. Um, let's just go real quick around the room. What would you want the relationship between the remaining eight schools in the Pac-12 to look like? Do you want a full merger Do you want um, a scheduling alliance where you're doing some non-con games together? Or uh, or are you just saying, no, screw it all. I I want nothing to do with them at all. Let's start off with Joey. We'll go down to Joey. 
Um, what do you want a possible solution with the Pac-12 to look like? I think what I want and what I think are feasible are two different things. What I what I want is stability, and I think the merger would be better from a stability standpoint. But my concern is if we, I, I think what's feasible is the scheduling alliance, right? Because you can you can kind of knock that out, and that's more low hanging fruit. But I just don't see it necessarily leading to more stability, if that makes sense. Um, just because they could back out of that or, or opt out of that at any point if the Pac-12 wants to go a different direction than, than that. But that's kind of kind of my two cents on it. Yep. Okay, we'll go to Devin. Devin, you can either tell us what you'd want a relationship between the two to look like or what was your initial reaction when you found out that Bob Bowlesby went on the longest first date in the history of first dates? I, I think it's creative. I wouldn't mind uh, not a merger, but like a scheduling alliance, kind of kind of switching between out of conference games. I still think we would add, you know, four members in order to do that. But I, I don't think it's so. And anyone can say I, they think I'm crazy um, when I say this, and I won't take offense. But I actually think if you're going schedule alliance, staying at just the eight teams actually works out better. Then all of a sudden. Each Big 12 school has three slots to pay, play Power 5 non-con games, allowing an individual school to play two or three different Pac-12 teams, allowing us to rotate around those to increase both television uh, properties, giving those marquee non-con games. So I don't know if it's just an alliance, if we would or wouldn't, um, expand, but I, I think that it could be done in a really creative way, even without expanding. I'm going to go up to Connor. Connor, what was your reaction when you saw the news come through, and what are you hoping um, uh, partnership looks like? Because ultimately, that is the, at least from my point of view, the best possible scenario for K-State uh, if you're talking about solidifying power status. Uh, I actually agree with you, Scott, on that, uh, about the staying eight teams, at least in the short term, because uh, in the short term, like you said, there's going to be some uh, holes in the schedule from OU and Texas leaving. And filling that with Power 5 schools, while it won't be as good as OU and Texas, it's still going to be really valuable. So I actually am completely on board with the idea of a scheduling alliance with the Pac-12 and maybe down the road a merger of some kind, but I think we're still quite a ways away from Okay, we're going to go to Joel. Joel, you strike me as a guy who would like a scheduling alliance so you can get out to L.A. a couple times every four or five years. What was your reaction when you saw that news? Do you think it's going to get done? What do you ultimately want to see between a partnership between the remaining eight schools and the Pac-12? So Yeah, um, I actually was super hyped about it. Like you said, I think that's the most ideal scenario. Um Contrary, though, I think a merger would almost be better, and I want to just go, like, East and West Division, where the East Division is the remaining eight Big 12 teams. And so we'll play all of them every year and then sprinkle in, yeah, give me a trip to L.A. or give me a trip to Eugene or something every year. Yeah, I think long-term stability, that would be the good move. I think Colorado and Utah would throw absolute fits being thrown in the East with us, but we'll have to see what happens. We'll go down to Bennett now. Bennett, um, this dropped yesterday, and there, and we'll get to some of the funnier stuff that came out yesterday, but I think it was basically the first 
quote-unquote positive piece of news from a K-State perspective since this started kicking off. Um, where's your headspace at when you hear this being thrown around? Or do you think ultimately some sort of partnership will get done? Will that be enough to solidify K-State's power status? Or where are your nerves at even after this news? I'm feeling pretty good. I agree with Joel that um, a merger is probably best. Um, I'm worried about, you know, how the committee would look at um, a K-State um, not being in a solid conference and just having a, you know, scheduling alliance when we get to the point um, of being in contention. Yep. All right. We'll go to Mike. He lives out there in Pac-12 country. Uh, was there any sort of reaction in the Pac-12 media or any of the media out there when this news dropped or do they just basically say, hey, we literally don't care about college sports. We're just going to talk about, you know, the quarterback controversy going on at the 49ers. Uh, well, honestly, I've, I've not seen anything, so it's probably more in the latter camp uh, that they don't give a shit. Um, but, you know, I have to say, I'm definitely hoping for a merger uh, from a selfish point of view, um, you know, because it's pretty easy for me to get around Pac-12 country uh, to some games. Uh, so, you know, the only K-State game I've seen since living out here for 15 years is at Fresno State. And that was a big old L in our column. So, um, you know, I'd love to see the Cats out here. And I think, obviously, it just leads to the long-term stability of our conference. Definitely. We'll go up to Cole. Cole, we finally got a little bit of good news. What was your instant reaction to that? Do you think it has legs? Do you think ultimately big Bob Bowlesby is going to find a way to uh, give us life after the current grain of rights? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly nice to see that he's at least doing something, you know. Um, and, I mean, a lot can happen between two grown men in a span of six hours. So I'm sure they got pretty connected physically and emotionally. Um, but I mean, I'd like to see it. Um, hopefully we can make something work out. I think a schedule alliance is probably the most likely. I'm kind of in the same boat as everyone else. I think a merger is more of a long-term move. Um, I just think if we're, if we're moving towards a super conference type thing in college football, I'd like to be, you know, proactive rather than reactive. Um, so that's kind of where I'm Definitely, Nick. If this goes down, what would be like a pat one of the one or two of the Pac-12 schools you'd be excited to play that isn't already on our schedule? Because hey, maybe Gene Taylor knew something about this long beforehand. Because we currently have a non-con deal set up with Arizona, Colorado, and Washington State. So maybe Gene's been the guy pulling the strings behind. Uh, this for a long time but what is something you would like to see and do you think it ultimately will get done um i think that uh i mean it's already been said before but the colorado game getting the old big 12 uh action back but uh, i'd like to go see a washington go see the huskies play up in uh, washington and then uh playing usc again and um, i think that is going to be good uh just overall getting those top uh pac-12 teams so that's that's it Yep, we'll go down to Evan. Evan, uh, do you think this ultimately gets done? I know when I saw the news come through, I got my, I got a little optimistic myself. I'm, I'm having to pump the brakes. I don't want to get too ahead of my skis. 
Um, where's your mood at when you saw that come through and how optimistic are you that they might be able to figure out something to help out long-term? Oh, I'm generally pretty optimistic. Um, but I, 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 I think we'll end up in the long-term in a good place. Um, I'd say I'd hope it's the Pac-12 or Pac-12 combination at this point. Yeah, I think that is our best shot. I think it's always been our best shot. I think uh, seeing that there there's some talks between uh, Bowlesby and whatever that dude's name is, the Pac-12. I probably should learn it just in case he's listening and he's going to get mad at me. We'll go up to Ace. Ace, uh, what what was your initial thoughts when you saw the news come through and where's your head at right now? My initial thoughts was just kind of the okay moment that I had. Because I've, I've had this the same state, the same tape that I've had since the beginning of this. I think more or less the Big 12 sticks together. And I think in the short term, a scheduling alliance will be very, very good to just establish the legitimacy of the eight schools that are left. And then we just add four more schools after the, the grant of rights is up. So we can just renew it and prove that what we have is still worth the power five. Definitely. Now we're going to come back to my guy, Grant. Grant, where was your head at? I'm not going to lie. My first reaction almost was, oh, my God, was J-Boy right? But remember, our guy J-Boy was saying Texas Tech and KU explicitly were not going to be part of it. That's obviously bullshit, especially since Bullsby's out there negotiating. So uh, what was your initial take and where are you at right now? Um, it certainly raised my eyebrows a bit. I mean, a seven-hour meeting between commissioners is not not nothing. Um, so my hope levels did increase a little bit, but it does seem a little bit far-fetched, like a full-blown merger. I prefer, I personally would like a merger over some sort of scheduling alliance. I love the idea of a 10-team West and a 10-team East, be it Utah and Colorado in the East, or I guess you could do the Arizona schools in the East with us. Um, but I, I wonder how that would work. I mean, because that would leave a 10-game, nine-game, nine I guess, round-robin round schedule, and then have a, you know, whoever wins their division, the champions, the East and the West meet. I think that would be really cool. But – then that would kind of, I mean, you would never see a West team until you get to the championship. So they would, I guess, how would they do that? They would probably have to do some sort of um, rotation, kind of like they used to do in the old Big 12, North versus South. You know, we would play Baylor, Texas, and fuck who? I don't know, Oklahoma State one year, and then rotate to the other three South schools. I don't know. How do you think that would work? I personally would love a merger. I think it would it would save our skin. It would be really interesting. Kind of seems like super conferences is where the landscape is headed, be it, you know, next year, five years, ten years. So why not get ahead of it? And I would love to I would love a lifeboat. Yeah, so I think what would happen if there was a merger, if it truly was a twenty team merger, my anticipation would be each team would have between two and three protected rivals. Um each season. So hypothetically, we would say that K-State ha- played every year Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. And then the other six or seven games then would rotate and then it would just be one versus two. I would think that there would be no divisions. That's how I would do it if I was being uh, 
consulted. Um, also because of that, and also if the playoff expansion as um, rumored is is uh, going to end up going through, because of course now that the SEC made a power play, they're like, yeah, I don't know if we want to make that move anymore. It's funny how that works out. I don't, yeah. I don't want to merge with the Pac-12 if we can get some sort of deal, like media deal, that is uh, like in the ballpark of, say, you know, the 30. You know, we, we took home like close to $40 million. It wasn't all TV revenue. You got revenue from the playoff. You got revenue from uh, the basketball tournament, tournament, et cetera, et cetera. If you can get in that $35 million range, having a scheduling alliance with the Pac-12, so you're adding quality non-con games, and then you have your eight-team conference or even expand, that would be my preference, especially with the expanded playoff. Again, I don't know how realistic it is because my whole worry about this has always come down to the money. I think in my handful of burn-it-down live shows, I've laid out that I think that the football and basketball product can actually be better than what we currently have if you make the right expansions, but you're not going to get that money, which helps you stay competitive. So that's ultimately what it's going to drive any decisions for me. Um, let's go back around real quick and you can just get off a joke. We can uh, go on another rant about how shitty the sports media as a whole is, but let's just kind of uh, talk about how one random dude on Twitter who then has started deleting a bunch of his tweets and still touting himself as the scoop master, got on 610, and then some shithead named Dylan Davis, who's literally one of the worst humans I have ever interacted with in my life. And yes, I went to high school with him. I shared a workplace with him. The dude is a creep. So I'm not just saying this about a random person. Then set off an earthquake across sports Twitter uh, yesterday into today getting references on podcasts, national sports writers, uh, Twitter accounts, all this type of stuff. So what do you make from that? We're going to start with Grant, and then we'll work our way around the room. Um, When you saw this going down in live time and you saw who the initial quote-unquote source was, that Mike Vernon guy, whatever his name is, and then, of course, Dylan Davis helping perpetuate it, what was your reaction? (laughs) It's very funny that Dylan Davis – is verified first of all i would love to see how that came to pass but um i don't know it's there's going to be so many mike vernons and jay boys that are going to continue to pop up um this is the time for vultures and grifters um people are trying to get clicks people are trying to get that scoop so i don't know i mean i don't really know who the hell mike vernon even is i know he kind of broke the lance leipold uh move so I don't know how legitimate he is, but he's looking a bit like a dickhead now. He is deleting tweets. He's he's trying to get dunks in on K-State, and I think it's mostly about traffic. But um, I kind of lost my train of thought. What was the second part of that question? Uh, and just It was just instant reaction. Also, I'm going to say this. My screen has gotten it so I cannot even see the room anymore, so I might have to have you call on folks. Um, so maybe just call on someone as I'm trying to figure out how to get back so I can actually see what's going on. Okay, let's go to Connor, our boy. Um, unmute yourself and chime in, my guy. All right, so... Talk shit uh, on Mike Vernon. <laughs> Mike Vernon kind of sucks. 
based on what I can tell. Uh, he's kind of an imposter of a journalist, air quotes around journalists. Uh, the whole thing was kind of embarrassing just because he went out and talked a big game on radio and then immediately just started uh, talking it back and walking it back and saying, oh, well, that's not exactly what I said. Well, then you probably shouldn't have said it at all because he knew what he was doing. I don't know. It's just the whole thing's kind of hilarious that it seems like once every few days, somebody randomly drops a nugget about KU having a legitimate chance of being in the Big Ten when we know that that's almost certainly not going to happen. So it's it just riles up the KU fan base every few days. I'm And I, I get it. It's easy clicks. It's easy interactions. But it's, it's just kind of annoying to see. It's very annoying. And I like I said, I think it's going to continue. There's going to be a bunch more Mike Vernons. There's going to be a bunch more J-Boys that are stirring uh, kind of the beehive. Let's, let's go down to Joey. Um, Joey, what do you make of Mike Vernon and the entire national media kind of buzzing up a storm after a parent? I, I believe it came from message boards. Most of this rumor is what started on a message board that KU to the Big Ten was imminent, and Mike Vernon ran with it on, on 610 Radio. What do you think about this, gentlemen? I think I think Derek Young and, and John Kurtz said it best yesterday. Derek Derek kind of went with it at the the mindset of like, hey, if you want people to take you legitimately, you shouldn't be quote tweeting people saying K State is butthole um, because that completely de- delegitimizes any kind of argument you're trying to make for your credibility. And Kurt, the way that Kurtz put it on the game yesterday was like, hey, you you might have legitimate sources, and what you're hearing might be legit, but you're 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 reporting it based on a message board and and now you're trying to walk it all back and deleting tweets but he, he's still going on with cdot on 610 and and spouting nonsense about how it's how it's imminent and this and that i i don't know it's kurtz has been saying it best on the game of you've got to take all this stuff with a grain of salt if this guy's had questionable legitimacy when it comes to his credibility Take it, take it all with a grain of salt. Once we hear someone like Pete Thamel or Stuart Mandel actually tweeting about it and, and providing us with legitimate information, then it's probably something that we can take seriously. Also, even a, oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, so even though I can't see the room, I do want to hop in here because I think some people are trying to give him uh, credit for calling some of this stuff with KU. Uh, with the new AD and even with Lance Leopold. The same guy also reported that it was going to be Jeff Munkin being the same head coach and Banks Floodman was going to be the AD. So this is just a volume shooter who deletes tweets so he can then say, oh, look, I was right, and then screenshotting tweets before uh, he deletes them just in case they come true. So this guy is like literally one of the ultimate grifters in the history of – uh, I, actually, I shouldn't say grifters. He's one of the ultimate volume shooters when it comes to uh, fake scoops. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've been told that I'm a good tweeter, but the reality is I'm just a volume tweeter, and you get every, you get one out of ten right every time. So, um, And I think, honestly, it's a bit of an indictment of Kansas City Sports Radio. Um, the fact that they would allow this guy and that they allow CDOT to go and run this type of narrative that, I mean, I think it's been said for years now and somewhat, we, somewhat I subscribe to it that, you know, the K-State 
or media in Kansas City does not represent K State very well at all. And then part of part of that is kind of like uh, we're victims, and that's like the K State narrative that we're small, and we don't get respect. But I mean, it's kind of hard to um, it's kind of hard to dispute after seeing the shit that they put out in the last few days, seeing like someone like Nate Bukady and how he behaves in Allen fucking Fieldhouse. It's just. It's it's tiresome, and I'm tired of the fucking media, local and national. It's not been a good uh, few weeks for a lot of people that I have been following for a while, national or or local. Let's go to um, shit. Now my app is fucking up, Scotty. Um, let's go to Mike and Callie. You still with us, Mike? Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Um, Time out. Uh- is your app messing up? Can you actually see who's in the room? Because all I see is my launch screen, which is why I'm having to outsource this, and this might be the worst live room of all time. Yeah, I see everyone. This is a fine live room. I, I, I was able to see people. It's like coming and going, but we'll go to Mike right now. Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, Dylan Davis and his bullshit verification? <laughs> uh, you know, they're just a bunch of ass clowns on there. Like, I mean, give me a break. Like, any of this news, you know, people, this potential KU Big Ten bullshit, like, you see it, and then people get all up in arms. And, like, who the hell's believing any of that? There is no realm of possibility in my mind. Apparently, C. Dot Harrison. Well, yeah, okay, well, whatever. But <laughs> give me a fucking break. Like, it took. OU in Texas, six months to a year, just like Kurt said today, to get their deal in SEC and KU just one week later is getting a deal from the Big Ten. Give me a break. That's not happening. Uh, And I'm just going to add one little note here. I put it in the chat, but there's a new drop from the San Jose Mercury News that has a bunch of Kirk Schultz quotes uh, talking about everything and Pac-12 basically saying they would need to evaluate if the teams are going to increase their profits, I mean, pretty standard line, but does that guy, is that guy going to help us get into the PAC 12? That's my question. He might want to, but his wife does not want to help us. (laughs) (laughs) Another annoying thing about CDOT is that he's a fucking Missouri fan. And the fact that Missouri is safe of all teams where they did absolutely dog shit in the Big 12, and they're going to do absolutely nothing in the SEC apart from, like, the first couple of years when they made an SEC championship and then lost. They've won fucking nothing. I just cannot stand that SEC, like, cult mentality where even the the middle-of-the-road teams and the bottom teams are jawing and celebrating the death of the Big 12. Fucking annoying. That said, Mr. Gene Taylor, um, was selected to be on the college football playoff committee, which is a pretty big honor and a good thing for Gene to dip his toe into. Um, let's talk about that. I'm going to go with Evan. What are your thoughts on Gene being on the college football playoff committee? Um, I think it's great. Um, definitely have a Big 12 representative that actually cares about the Big 12. Um, and uh, this might be kind of a bad thing, though, because I think – Gene is going to be very unbiased and fair. Um, <laughs> so he might not give preferential treatment to a uh, Big 12 team. Let's go to Cole. Cole, tell me how Gene is going to get the first 
eight and five team into the playoff in Kansas State. <laughs> oh man, I don't know how he's gonna do it, but I'm sure he'll find a way. Um, you know, he's just a classic guy. You know, he's willing to work to make it happen. But um, I think it's good to see him. You know, be in that group, and I think it just shows that he's respected amongst his peers, which I think matters a little bit when it comes to these realignments. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, it's going to be a great opportunity for him to network and to build relationships with um, some of the higher-ups in college football. And now is the perfect time to do that. I'm going to go to Bennett and then Nick. I'm pretty excited. I think, yeah, it's a pretty high honor and shows that he's respected. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think Gene gets enough credit. I think he does a lot of behind-the-scene work um, and keeps his cards close to him. Um, And I think that's a good thing for the most part. So um, hopefully people who might not um, be a huge fan of Gene start to turn the switch, flip the switch, and uh, uh, be a little more um, accepting of him and the hard Honestly, I'm going to jump in real quick. I'm a little worried that since he has to do that, he's not ever going to come back on the show again. Uh, I'm already I'm already having to play email email tag with Kenny Lanou trying to get Gene on for the fourth time. So I'm really hoping he's not big timing us, you know, for you know the presence of Ohio State and the Sugar Bowl and all this stuff, and he's you know forgetting who really launched him to fame, and that's us, Bosco's boys. Gene, Gene knows how big we are. He knows what coming on the show does for his career. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. But um, I'm going to go to Mr. Nick. Nick, what do you think um, – what excites you about Gene being on the CFB committee? Uh, first off, um, goodbye, Texas, on that. Uh, thank you for replacing them. But uh, I think that he is well-deserved of this honor. I mean – just a class act, genuine guy who um, couldn't be more prepared for it. Um, I think he's going to do great things with the uh, Big 12 in mind for uh, the playoff committee. So um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And, uh, yeah, he's going to run with it and uh, hopefully put Big 12 back on the map. Yeah, I agree. Well, as of today, we are officially 30 days away from the kickoff of our season. Let's go. In Jerry World against Stanford. So fall, that means we are, you know, we're in fall camp. We're in full swing of practice. Um, I think, you know, our students back? I believe students are probably back on campus, campus or they will be very soon. Um, but we know that the players definitely are. So I'm going to start with Joey. We're going to swing it all the way back around. Actually, I haven't talked to Joel in quite a while. Joel, you're going to hop up next, but Joel, what are some of the storylines that you are most excited about um, coming out of fall camp, and um, what is one, hmm, let's see, who is one player that hasn't made an impact yet that you hope can make an impact this season? Yeah, I think uh, the big storyline that I'm really excited for is probably just uh, Skyler coming back. I think he's going to make a huge leap, really lead us to uh, to a national championship, as I tell him every time I'm drunk and I see him. Um, What's his reaction when drunk oh, Joel he, sees Skyler? He gets pissed every time because I make a whole scene, and <laughs> it's a whole thing. But um, And I think uh, the player that I am most excited about that hasn't really made a contribution, and this might be a hot take, is going to be Malik Knowles 
I know he's made contributions, but he definitely hasn't lived up to the hype. And I think this year he has a good chance of doing that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I think it's it fits with that description kind of peripherally. I would definitely say that Malik Knowles has made contributions, but we certainly have not seen his full potential. And it sounds like he's on track to make um, a solid impact and a pretty decent statement this year if he can stay healthy and stay consistent. Now we're going to go back to Joey. Joey, what any stories you are excited uh, coming out of fall camp about? And um, give me one player that you're you're hoping makes a big impact this year that has the yeah, I think the biggest storyline is probably realignment, but just how the team responds to that and, and plays with that in the in the background. I, I hope that they can just continue to deliver week after week and not have to focus on everything that's going on in the background and all the noise there. So I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to that because I think Kleiman prepares for that. Uh, sorry, there's a lot of noise. Um, I think the player that I'm most excited about is, if he can stay healthy, uh, Bebe, Daniel Imad or Bebe. Uh, just because he's got the talent, he's got the level of of playing for Florida, playing for USC, and, and he's had that exposure. And I think that's going to lend a lot of really great talent to the team and really just excited to see if he can stay healthy and, and contribute. Super excited about Amater Bebe. He's hit like every corner of the country, California, Florida, Chicago, and now the, mid, the middle of the country in Kansas State. Super excited about him. Let's go to Bennett. Bennett, give me one player you hope makes an impact in any stories that you've heard that excite you. Um, the stories that I or the story that I'm looking forward to seeing if it plays out is just the um, impact that the transfers have, both offense and defense um, side of the ball. Um, I think we can really surprise some people with our transfers. Um, coming in, and then I'm with Joey Amadabebe, excuse me on that pronunciation, but I know he's got some injury um, problems, but um, if you haven't looked up his freshman year highlight tape, or there's highlights of him playing at USC with Sam Darnold, he's an absolute beast, and I highly recommend you watch that. It'll get you hype about him playing. I am going to I honestly haven't watched any of Amadabebe highlights any of his highlights on YouTube. So I, I'm I'm going to have to do a deep dive. Let's go to Evan. Evan, any stories that you're excited about? And I'm going to switch it up. Give me um, a freshman or a sophomore, or technically just an underclassman, eligibility-wise, that you're excited and hope. Um, one thing that I'm keeping my eye on is Will Howard. They've talked about like using him, and I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with that. Um, so kind of want to figure that out. And then freshman or sophomore that's going to make an impact. Um, I don't know if this counts based on his impact last year or not, but I'm going to go with Khalid Duke. Um, I think he got a little too overhyped last year, but I think he'll live up to that hype this year. So Let's go to Mike. Um, Evan, I'm glad you brought up Will Howard because I wanted to talk about him. Mike in California, my friend, is there a scenario that you want to see Will Howard on the field? And what does that look like for you? Um, yeah, there is a scenario, and it is garbage time. <laughs> and we're beating the crap out of whoever it is that we're playing, getting him some reps. Um, that's basically it. Uh, you know, got to keep 
all the faith behind Skylar Thompson. Um, so that's what I'll say about that in terms of a player that I want to see come out of the woodwork. And this is largely because I've been following his uh, stories on Instagram, but TJ Smith, uh, I'm looking for a huge comeback from him and I'm going to say it right now. He's going to lead the team in interceptions. That's a bold claim. Um, I mean, TJ, how many minutes did we honestly see of TJ Smith? I feel like people are really getting excited about him because he almost got ejected three separate tackles in one game, and then he got hurt. So, well, Kleiman went full TJ Smith. Uh, true, but like, it's not like he does that for every player. I, th- I feel like he picks and chooses. Yeah. And I think that for the most part, they're pretty honest with it. So I think that's what's really – I, I've been a big TJ Smith guy from the start, but I think hearing that is big. And, I, you know, there are some whispers coming out about how <laughs> folks really think he might be, you know, the next great safety at K-State. Um, I don't think he's going to start any time this year, but I, I think that uh, you're going to see him be the number one reserve safety. And I think by the time he's a full-time starter next year, I mean, I would say look out. I think he might murder someone. Yeah, I mean – Listen, I'm excited about TJ Smith. I really like him. Um, I'm just not quite – I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And coming off – I have concerns coming off of a major injury like that um, just in terms of his mobility. But, you know, we will see. We will see. Let's go to Nick. Um, Nick, do you have any storylines that you've heard that excite you coming out of fall camp? And give me a defensive player – that you are hoping has a big year? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily coming out of fall camp, but just in, uh, before that, but the offensive line, how they progressed and how Coach Riley has done an enormous job on uh, getting them to develop and grow. I'm pretty excited to see how they will do this year. Um, and then defensively, um, I don't remember who said it, but uh, Khalid Duke just I, – I think he's going to – tear it up this year and um, hopefully either be honorable mention or Cole, you're up. Let's talk about Khalid Duke. Do you think that he can maintain that level um, and that explosiveness and that, that nuisance as a player from the edge that he did as a freshman? Or do you fear that we could see a repeat of, you know, kind of Reggie Walker, his sophomore year when he lost Jordan Willis, you know, we lost Wyatt Hubert, to the NFL, do you think that Duke can keep up that kind of level now that the focus is going to be more? Yeah, I think he can. I think, you know, he might not have the stat line that is stands out so much, but I think it'll have an effect on the game. Um, and I also think it'll kind of come down to the rest of the defensive line, which I'm pretty confident in. Um, so considering that, I think he'll end up having a All right, let's head to Joel. Um, Joel, any storylines coming out of fall camp that excite you or that have perked your ears? And I want you to give me um, your defensive player that's going to make an impact this year that hasn't yet. Um, well, I already answered the other one is Skyler for Oh, yeah, me. I forgot. Um, <laughs> but uh, the defensive player I think that excites me the most is Julius Brents. I think he's going to be a nightmare on the defensive side. 
Yeah, I'm super excited to see Julius Brent. I don't think we've had a hype about a player like this um, for quite some time. I mean, people think he's an NFL lock, which is pretty large. Um, let's go to Ace. Ace, talk me through what you're excited about in fall camp over the next month. And I want you to give me uh, who is the who's going to be wide receiver number two that makes the biggest impact behind Malik Knowles. To the first question for for Paul Camp, I'm actually really excited for the for the open practice that's happening this Saturday. Connor and I will both be there, and it'll be it'll be a grand old time. And in terms of who I think will be the wide receiver two. I think that Philip Brooks will probably stay in the slot. So maybe I'd say probably the best bet after that until Chabaston Taylor gets back is going to be Keenan Garber. But that's only until Chabaston gets back. And once he gets back, I don't feel like he's going to let go of that job anytime soon. All right, Connor, you're up. Most exciting story coming out of fall camp right now and give me your freshman sophomore that you think is going to break out that well i literally just put the uh freshman slash sophomore that i think is going to break out in the chat i'm thinking it's going to be keenan garber i've kind of stuck with that throughout the whole spring and i don't know 100 percent if that's going to how if that's how it'll turn out but i'm just going to stick to my guns on it uh the thing i'm most excited about coming out of fall camp is there seems to be a lot of optimism around the secondary and people keep talking about Brent's a lot, but I'm really excited to see what Echo Boydo does because if Brent's is as good as they think, I think that quarterbacks aren't going to be going his way a lot and that could lead to a really big season uh, production wise from Echo. That's a great point. And I think, you know, there was a ton of love for Echo last year. I mean, he earned the name Echo Island and he's one of the fastest players on the team. So it will be interesting to see if he gets picked on and how he deals with that. Um, let's go to Scott, the co-host. Um, Scott, who do you think – this is going to be our final question that's going to wrap up the show, and then we'll go around the horn, but we're going to start with Scott. Scott, in this college football year, who is going to get fired? Who, who do you think is a coach that's going to get fired? I think Matt Wells 100% gets fired – I, th- I, I mean, I think they're very close to firing him last year. So I think that, without a doubt, Matt Wells is getting fired. And I'm going to throw out a dark horse for everyone. Uh, here's my dark horse. I think if Oklahoma State were to maybe go like 6-6 six and six or even like 5-7, and seven, I'm by no means predicting that because they have a very easy non-conference schedule. They don't play a Power 5 team. I think that it might finally be the year Gundy gets fired as well. Uh, both of those are in the Big 12, but I think Matt Wells is a lock, and my sleeper is Mike Gundy. Completely agree. I think Matt Wells being fired is a lock of the century. I think they're going to be utter dross. They're going to win. They're, they might win, like, four games. So, I agree. Um, let's go to, back to Connor. Connor, who's getting fired this year? Uh, it's definitely going to be Matt Wells. I hate to pick you back off of Scott, but that's just such an easy answer, uh, Matt Wells. Uh, other than that, I can't even think off the top of my head who is just such a solid lock to be gone by the end of the year. I think USC might look – sorry to jump back in. I think USC might look to make a move if they have a, 
uh, underwhelming season as well. Yeah, I could see that. Clay Hilton. God, I just never think about USC anymore. It's kind of weird. Let's go to Ace. Ace, tell me this. Does KU keep it within 17 points against Coastal Carolina? Oh, against Coastal? That's right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, I think they get absolutely drubbed. Uh, this year, Coastal took advantage of the, that super senior, and they brought a ton of guys back off of, like, what, a 10-win season? So they're going to murder KU again. It's going to be great. Joel, who's getting fired this year? Anybody outside of the Big 12 that you can think of that is going to get fired? Yeah, I think we're going to go down to Dallas and stop Stanford so bad that they'll fire David Shaw maybe on the spot. Ooh! I would absolutely think that. Um, that would be amazing. Cole, uh, who's getting fired? Yeah, I'm predicting Lance Leopold getting fired. Um, <laughs> the KU athletic department is not going to keep up with his blue chew budget, and it's going <laughs> to turn him over, and they're not going to be able to keep him from spending so much on blue chew. So he's Harbaugh. Who said Harbaugh? That's a great shout. I feel like how can you justify – I don't know. It's tough. You know, they've won like 10 games multiple times, but they can't get over the hump. But uh, let's go to Nick. Nick, is there anybody outside of the Big 12 that might get fired? Or do you agree with Scott that Gundy is actually on a warm? I I think that's a uh, surprise take. I mean, he's been there for so long that I figured he'd just be like another Bill Snyder or uh, Bob Stoops and stay there forever. But, I mean – he hasn't performed to what his name is. So, I mean, I think it's getting warm, very, very warm. If he doesn't have a plus eight or nine win season this year, I think it's going to be uh, – we're talking next year maybe hot, hot seat. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if he'll get fired, but it seems like every year that there's talks of him and Oklahoma State parting ways. So, one way or another, yes, he could he could leave. I'd love to see it because I hate Gundy. But um, let's go to Mr. Mike out in Cali. Mike, um, um, let's see here. I want to ask you a different question because all right. unless you have someone in mind that you'd love to say that's going to definitely get fired. Well, if you got another question queued up, I'm all for it. Uh, Talk to me about who's getting fired and then I'll send something else your way. All right. I was going to say Scott Frost. He's He's getting the boot. Oh, I forgot about that's, that's a great shout. However, I don't know if the AD has the balls. I mean, they they hired some horrendous AD from a tiny school that didn't even have a football program, and he's already said that he's going to be hands-off with football. So I think Big Scott mistake. Frost might be there forever, winning <laughs> five, six games until he's dead. So I don't know. I mean, Nebraska seems kind of like they're – somewhat in limbo in terms of you know football but yeah um i didn't think of another question so i'm sorry you're out evan, no, all right no worries my friend how are you doing evan oh i'm doing great what's your favorite you're in the band right you were the i band. was yeah what was your favorite song to play in the band uh it's uh trombone seven it's the one where the uh they go like Dun 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 dun. That's a good one. 
Yeah, it's like based on a vine, pretty much. So, shout out to that. All right, Evan. Um, Iowa State is not uh, does not have the benefit of COVID wiping out half of its opponents' uh, roster this season. Do they one finally beat Iowa? Two win nine games that aren't. Um, I'd say the max number of games they're going to win is eight, but my prediction is seven. And they will lose to Iowa once again. I would love to see it. And finally, Mr. Bennett. Bennett, who is your dark horse to go to Arlington outside of Oklahoma and Iowa State? Because everyone seems to be talking only about them. Yeah, that's true. I... I, I don't know. I'm going to go TCU. You know, I think it's time for them to have that random, really good season. I don't really think Max Duggan is all that good, but if he is, I think they're a danger. 100% agree with you. Um, I keep saying that Gary is washed, but the reality is Gary has had dog shit quarterbacks for the past three to four seasons. And I think Max Duggan, if he's even, you know, I mean, Max Duggan, I think is pretty good. Um, so if he comes back and he can contribute and be consistently solid, then that kind of launches TCU up into the top three or four for me competing for Arlington. So I agree with you. I think that's a good point. Scott, do you have anything that you want to add? We've got five minutes left, and I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, not, nothing to add. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us, as always. Sorry to anyone who was in the audience who tried to request to come up again I'm, I'm just saying this. It's I'm only saying 50-50 shot I get the audio from this because of the malfunction from the app. But that doesn't change the fact that we will be going live every Wednesday on Spotify Green Room because they're our sponsors, and I love them very much because they give me money. Um, so that's all I have, Grant. If you have anything, um, go ahead and say it. Use your catchphrase, and then I'm going to cross my fingers that we can get this. Otherwise, we might be doing another Spotify Green Room tomorrow. Uh, so we can keep Blitz Month going and have a show for Friday. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming on. Keep joining us, 7 o'clock, Wednesdays, on the Green Room, in the Green Room, and maybe tomorrow. And keep an eye out for our feed on Twitter, mainly Scott. Um, in case there's any breaking news, we might open another room. But, folks, that's it. That's all I've got. Stanford in one month. Go Cats. Meet me. Sports Social Podcast Network.